0: Major funding for NJ Spotlight News is provided in part by NJM Insurance Group, serving the insurance needs of residents and businesses for more than 100 years, and by the PSCG Foundation.
1: Tonight on NJ Spotlight News, Governor Murphy looks to fully fund the public school system for the first time in state history, but will every district get a cut of the historic investment?
2: We charge our students for parking, we charge our students to join a club, we charge, We already charge our students to join a sport. We charge our students for everything. Um, now we might have to charge
1: them for more things. Also towing the line, Senate candidates Andy Kim and Tammy Murphy continue to trade jabs over everything from her pro-Republican past to Kim's challenge of the county line.
3: She's someone who has donated six-figure donations to Republican candidates and causes including George W. Bush.
1: Plus, food pantry fire. The Hunterdon community looks to rebuild after a fire destroys the only food pantry in the area. Everybody has reached out. It's it's
4: more than I could have ever imagined. It has made this week so much
1: better than it could have been and what an extra 400 bucks a month will do. The city of Patterson looks to expand their guaranteed income program after a recent study touts its success.
5: We come to the office every day looking to have a positive impact on people's lives, but not just a positive impact, improve their lives as well.
1: NJ Spotlight News begins right now.
0: From NJ PBS Studios, this is NJ Spotlight News with Brianna Venosi.
1: Good evening and thanks for joining us this Thursday night. I'm Brianna Venosi. Governor Murphy is making big promises to New Jersey's public education system, proposing the single largest investment in state history to public schools, calling for a record $11.7 billion for K through 12 education. That's nearly a billion dollars more than last year's spending plan. But it doesn't mean every district in the state will get an increase in their aid. New Jersey's controversial school FUNDING FORMULA HAS CREATED WHAT CRITICS EQUATE TO A COLUMN OF WINNERS AND LOSERS EACH YEAR. AS SENIOR CORRESPONDENT JOANNA GAGAS REPORTS ABOUT 140 DISTRICTS WILL SEE CUTS IN THEIR STATE AID INCLUDING MANY THAT HAVE BEEN ON THE SO-CALLED LOSING SIDE FOR YEARS.
6: Our administration will invest just under $11.7 billion into our state's public schools.
7: Governor Murphy addressed a crowd at a Plainfield Elementary School today to announce his proposed budget for public schools this fiscal year, which he characterized as
6: the single largest investment into New Jersey's public education system in our entire history. It is also the single largest investment in our entire budget period. And in providing this funding to our public education system, We will become the first administration ever, as the mayor said, to fully fund New Jersey's school funding formula.
7: This year marks the seventh and final year in the state's ramp-up to fund the court-required school funding formula that was modified through the legislature under a bill called S-2 in 2008. For some districts, like Plainfield, those adjustments have meant annual increases.
0: We're expecting that increase to uh, be just north of $30 million.
7: What does that mean for you in terms of programs that you're able to offer?
0: enhancing our CTE pathways, which also kind of ties into the facility needs because some spaces have to be built out for us to implement uh, that type of programming in our district. CTE career technical education pathways. Uh, We also are moving forward with uh, tutoring programs. We've modified our schedule at the middle school and high school level to provide more enrichment activities during the course of the day, uh, student course recovery, etc. Uh, we also are expanding extracurricular activities and athletics which are also important for our students.
7: Plainfield is the oldest school district in the state and Superintendent Rashan Hassan says that much of their funding will also go to facilities improvements as well as teacher salary increases. Plainfield falls among the 423 districts that received the good news today that their budgets will increase.
0: I think what this uh, budget allows us to do is move forward and fully support and operationalize our five-year strategic plan without having conversations about what we need to take off the table in order to move forward.
7: But it's not good news for everyone. Under this budget, 140 school districts will see millions in cuts, and for some of them, it's been year after year of those cuts.
5: I don't know what else to cut without hurting kids and kids' programs. Our class sizes are already in the 30s and 35s. Uh, We are going to have a revenue side of the budget that has a big hole that says we need $27 million and an expense side that stays flat from last year. I mean, there's no other way to approach
7: it. Tom's River Superintendent Michael Sitta pointing to the seven years of losses his district has seen under S2, which this year is a loss of 2.8 million. South Brunswick Superintendent Scott Fetter says they already operate under a pay to play in his district.
2: We charge our students for parking. We charge our students to join a club. We, charge, we already charge our students to join a sport. We charge our students for everything. Um, now we might have to charge them for more things. Taking AP classes could be a charge. But unfortunately, this time around, we're approaching next year with a minus $5.6 million. That's our nut nugget that we need to find and that is going to be people and programs.
7: 15 districts saw their funding remain flat, but Governor Murphy says this one doesn't fall on him.
6: I didn't come up with a formula. It is literally a formula, and, and let's remember a couple of things here historically. The prior administration uh, underfunded school uh, funding by $9 billion, really did not let the funding formula work
7: the governor said he is open to figuring out what comes next, now that the state has met its obligation to fully fund the formula. In Plainfield, I'm Joanna Gagas, NG Spotlight News. Well, the governor's
1: proposed spending plan was also heavy on funding progressive issues, including items related to reproductive rights, climate change and affordability. Talking points that some argue could be seen through the lens of his wife, First Lady Tammy Murphy's U.S. Senate campaign. Murphy's foes believe she has an advantage with the Democratic Party machine because many of the party brokers have business and political interests tied to the governor's administration, a claim both Murphys vehemently deny. For a deeper look, I'm joined by Charlie Style, columnist for the Bergen Record, NorthJersey.com. So, Charlie, you make the case that the governor's speech could be seen through the lens of Tammy's campaign. How so?
8: I just think broadly, thematically so, it was a lot of emphasis on uh, liberal issues that are of major concern on a national level, but liberal issues uh, are are sort of their priority issues ranging from climate change, voting rights, reproductive rights, that frankly have a tangential uh, connection to the budget. And I took it it sounded to me and he also been very heavy on mentioning unions I think he mentioned unions seven times it struck me as a sort of Murphy appeal to the liberal base that is right now uh, you know somewhat discontent disillusioned with the whole uh, primary process and some are frankly a portion of that base and the grassroots are pitchfork uh, angry at her and so I thought this was a way to remind, this is Murphy using his platform to remind the activists in this party, hey, we're, uh, this is our agenda, our agenda aligns with yours, so keep that in mind before you, uh, you know, uh, consider your choices for the U.S. Senate primary.
1: So almost like a thinly veiled appeal uh, to that constituency? I mean, the governor would probably say, hey, I'm a progressive through and through. These are issues I've championed, you, you know, from the jump since I got into office.
8: Right. I, that's true. But, I mean, that, that was seen also in the past as a lens through by which he was preparing for his own reelection election and, uh, you know, to build his own stature. Here he is now in his lame duck period. This should be you would think there'd be more emphasis on the sort of fixing the nuts and bolts uh, or of government, and uh, but what we heard primarily was a kind of recitation of that sort of campaign-style theme. And I think the, the the person in the the Murphy household who's running this time is his wife.
1: You're at least uh, from from my reading the first to sort of mention what could transpire after the June primary and that's when we know that the real horse trading begins. That's when the budget negotiations get down to All the right. wire. There's the constitutional deadline to balance the budget right. by July first. What are you foreseeing happening or what potentially could happen during that month once they get through the primary and why does that matter?
8: Well I, I you you rightly pointed out the real budget is uh after is in the final home stretch the last couple of weeks of june sometimes even the last couple hours of june um this is all kabuki this is all you know that very little gets done uh to the governor's proposal between now and that period so we know that as a track record now there's a, it's those that horse trading that delivery of can uh, of legislative pork that always comes at the end to secure votes to reward their people. Now that's going to be seen through or being closely watched as are these rewards to party activists or party officials for supporting Tammy in exchange for their vote. It's I mean it, it may not happen, but it's a legitimate question that hangs over the process right now given the history of, of really uh, smelly horse trading we've seen in the past. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Fair enough. Charlie Styles, columnist with the Bergen Record, NorthJersey.com. Charlie, always good to talk to you. Thank you so much. It's,
8: it's my pleasure.
1: Despite the advantages political analysts say Tammy Murphy holds in the race, Congressman Andy Kim has shown himself to be a formidable challenger with his grassroots support and a recent lawsuit that's trying to dismantle the controversial party-line system. This week, four county clerks responded to that suit with a decisive message saying it's too late to intervene without upending the June primary election. Senior correspondent Brenda Flanagan has the latest
3: that's always the answer is do it some other time.
2: But it is all about timing for U.S. Senate candidate Andy Kim. He filed a federal lawsuit this week against 19 county clerks to change Jersey's ballot system in time for the June 4th primary. Kim's suit calls the current county line ballot fundamentally unjust and undemocratic. A judge will hear the case March 18th when the clerks will argue it's way too late to make such major ballot changes. Mr. Kim's gotten himself the moniker mr Day Late and dollars short commented defendants attorney john carbone where the hell has he been
3: i've sought to have changes i've asked for dialogue and discussion about this and i've gotten no response and it's as a result uh, i've decided i have to take action through this legal route because we've
2: gotten no other engagement from these county clerks uh, and others. Kim argues it's not too tight a turnaround for county clerks to redesign the ballots. Federal Judge Zahid Qureshi promised a ruling by April 6th, but Carbon says there's not enough time to reprogram thousands of voting machines and mail ballots to military personnel overseas. In a letter to Judge Qureshi, he predicted cascading and rippling effects on the election, officials, candidates, and voters. It's a long-shot lawsuit, says writer's Mike Arad. I do think that he has long odds. Um, Look, it's been speculated that he wins either way in
8: that he either gets the relief he's seeking or to his supporters. This is more evidence of a system that is not fair play, is not uh, even handed. um, And uh, and it just makes them angrier and redouble their efforts to make sure that they get him
2: elected. He says judges also generally abide by the U.S. Supreme Court's so-called Purcell principle, which advises not to intervene too close to an election. Kim's won three Democratic county conventions with grassroots support so far, but his opponent, First Lady Tammy Murphy, is expected to dominate in more populous counties where she's enjoyed the early endorsement of political bosses. Meanwhile, Murphy's launched her first campaign ad against the National Rifle Association.
4: This is the NRA's world headquarters. It's where cowards work. They know their guns are killing our kids, but they don't care.
2: Murphy promises to fight for universal background checks and a ban on assault-style weapons. The ad drew immediate backlash from Congressman Kim, who noted that before she left the GOP, Murphy supported Republicans who worked to weaken gun control laws.
3: She's someone who has donated six-figure donations to Republican candidates and causes including George W. Bush, who is someone who very much led the charge on ending the assault weapons ban on a number of other uh, pieces of legislation that damaged our ability to have the kind of gun violence prevention efforts in this country. So. The first lady needs to answer for that.
2: Kim says his record confirms his support for gun control. A Murphy spokesperson replied it's not surprising to see one of the most misleading and hypocritical campaigns in recent memory slam a positive message that all New Jersey Democrats should agree on. It would be refreshing to see Andy Kim and his campaign put forward their own positive vision for New Jersey rather than attempt to tear down Tammy Murphy at every turn. But Rasmussen thinks the criticism's valid. As somebody who's never held public office before,
8: her past campaign contributions, those she chose to support, and her voter registration are her paper trail.
2: County Democrats will continue to weigh in next week when Bergen holds its Democratic convention. It's a Murphy stronghold where Kim's hoping to continue his convention momentum. I'm Brenda Flanagan, NJ Spotlight News.
1: The only food pantry in northern Hunterdon County has been forced to figure out how it'll continue helping people in need after it was destroyed by a fire earlier this week that started at a neighboring Walgreens. Despite being in one of the wealthiest counties in the state, the pantry serves more than 8,000 clients a year. And as Ted Goldberg reports, the community is now united in an effort to ensure that no family goes hungry.
4: Everybody has reached out. It's more than I could have ever imagined. It has made this week so much better than it could have been.
9: Despite a devastating fire, the open cupboard food pantry is still feeding people who need meals. Their Clinton location burned down Sunday night, so executive director Jennifer Tavermina says workers and volunteers worked hard to help more than 1,000 clients in the aftermath. After the
4: initial impact of just disbelief and when I found out was just completely speechless. Um, You know, we know, we know that we can do this. We have the staff, we have the volunteers. We've already created the model that we know works, which is why we were able to open a second pantry in southern part of Warren County. And it's an identical replica of what we've done.
9: Tavermina says clients will now get meals from that Warren County location or from the Flemington Food Pantry. Open Cupboard fed more than 7,000 people last year. But they face an uncertain future after that fire destroyed their thrift store, a huge source of revenue.
4: That shop was able to sustain two separate pantries in its entirety. So without that revenue, that will be our challenge. That's what we've always done in the past. That's the model that this agency has built it on. Doesn't mean we have to, but that's what was generating such great for success for us. We just have to figure out another way.
9: Community groups in Hunterdon County are trying to help them figure things out in the short term. We
10: knew that it was going to be a community-wide effort to do what we can for them and to address
9: their immediate needs. Women for Highbridge President Colleen Han says if anyone has started or is in the middle of a food drive, they can drop things off at Highbridge Reform Church like customers did at Old Borough Hall Pottery. We have a... A donation drive
10: going on through the Highbridge Elementary School and Middle School. The borough of Highbridge, we sent them information on the immediate needs. They put a PSA out through the
4: entire borough.
10: We saw food drives were popping up, but we were aware there's no place for the food to go. So we've reached out to them and just said, if when your food drive is over, you don't have a place
9: to put the food, we're welcome to hold it for you. Tavermina says people can also drop off ShopRite gift cards at Reiner Insurance in Clinton or donate on Open coverage website. She says they're not using GoFundMe for this, and she's thrilled with how many people are pitching in.
4: There's so many people who want to help, and I felt that the best way to do this is pinpoint, release a couple of press releases, put it out on our social media, get it on our website. Those three avenues are what will streamline the process and get the most effective help to our clients in the quickest way.
10: Hybrid is kind of just what we do. Like we just kind of step up, there's a need, how do we get this done? The uh, Open Cupboard Food Pantry originated here in Highbridge, so that's what makes it especially important to us that we
4: serve them.
9: As for the future of Open Cupboard? We will be back in Clinton.
4: Whether it's that location or another one, we intend to reopen
9: in the Clinton location. Tavermina calls this a prime location, and Open Cupboard had been there for 15 years. A staple of northern Hunterdon County fighting fire and adversity to feed the local community. In Clinton, I'm Ted Goldberg, NJ Spotlight News.
1: In our Spotlight on Business report, Patterson is looking to boost the quality of life for some of its lowest income residents by expanding a guaranteed income pilot program. It launched three years ago and now has 200 participants who receive $400 a month with no strings attached. Now with the backing of a national study touting the proven benefits, Mayor Andre Sayas says he wants to open the pool of eligible residents even further. Melissa Rose Cooper reports.
5: We come to the office every day looking to have a positive impact on people's lives, but not just a positive impact, improve their lives as well. And I think this is improving people's lives. Patterson
10: Mayor Andre Seya applauding the impact the city's Guaranteed Income Pilot Program is making on families. Residents who qualify receive $400 a month for a year after being selected through a lottery system.
5: We launched this program two years ago and we received over 5,000 applications. We received a generous donation from Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter. He gave us a half a million dollars. He said, help people. So with that half a million dollars, we were able to help 110 Randomly selected residents.
10: And in December, the city used funds from the American Rescue Plan to expand the program to 200 people, like Patterson resident Lorraine Hicks. It's going to make things a lot easier. Um, there are I try to do odd uh, jobs and become a part-time employee. I try to do extra things just to earn extra income so I can have a good quality of life. I can kind of. Data shows the program is also improving the quality of life for other residents. According to a new study from the University of Pennsylvania Center for Guaranteed Research, participating families are experiencing increased food security as well as greater financial resiliency.
1: We know right now in the United States that when people have an unexpected expense, you know, typically in the range of around $400, it can tumble people into poverty really quickly. So think about sort of the proverbial flat tire that leads to a missed shift at work, um, That's sort of when you're living on the margins like that can quickly tumble you into into poverty.
10: Amy Castro, co-founder of UPenn Center for Guaranteed Research, says this country has a long history with the idea of unconditional cash.
1: It goes all the way back to the birth of our democracy, where Thomas Paine wrote about it.
7: Um, It was also a topic in Dr. King's last book. Um, Fast forward to 1960s, 1970s, the United States actually experimented with the idea of guaranteed income through a series of negative income tax experiments. And Patterson, New Jersey was one of those sites. So it was pretty exciting to see the fact that the mayor wanted to sort of revive um, some of that history and then implement a guaranteed income in response to the pandemic.
10: Michael Tubbs, who founded Mayors for a guaranteed income, knows from his own experience the difference a little extra money can make.
9: I was born and raised in Stockton, California, the city I was once mayor of, um, to a single mom who worked incredibly hard, and no matter how hard she worked or how many jobs she had, it still wasn't enough. She always was hustling, she always was struggling, and and I never saw her take a day off, I never saw her, Quit, it, it just felt like something structurally was wrong. And when I became mayor of Stockton, it was clear that poverty and economic insecurity were depressing issues driving a lot of problems that manifested in educational attainment um, issues or crime, et cetera.
10: Now, there are roughly 60 guaranteed income pilot programs across the country. The goal is to continue its expansion, including here in Patterson.
5: We've applied for an earmark. In this state budget, we are asking for 5.5 million dollars because we want to help thousand people, and we also want this to be a part of the a permanent part of the state budget.
10: Single-person households earning $30,000 or less a year, as well as family households earning up to $88,000, are eligible to apply for the Guaranteed Income Program. Legislation is also in the works to create pilots
1: in other cities across the state. For NJ Spotlight News, I'm Melissa Rose Cooper. It's a crisis averted for beer lovers. Union workers at Anheuser-Busch reached a tentative labor agreement with the nation's largest brewer to avoid a strike at its U.S. plants, including the one in Newark. According to the Teamsters Union, which represents some 5,000 workers at Anheuser-Busch, the five-year tentative deal significantly boosts pay. It improves health care and retirement benefits and offers more job protections for employees nationwide. The current contract was set to expire buyer at midnight tonight and it would have been the first strike in the U.S. against the brewer since the 1970s. The workers who brew and package beer and even take care of the company's legendary Clydesdale horses are just the latest victors in what's been a string of big labor wins across the country. They'll now vote to ratify that contract. On Wall Street, stocks slipped today but are still heading for a winning February. Here's how the markets closed. And make sure to tune in to NJ Business Feed with Raven Santana this weekend. Raven looks into how New York's congestion pricing plan will impact New Jersey's business community, from small businesses to the trucking industry. Watch it Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on the NJ Spotlight News YouTube channel. That's going to do it for us tonight. But make sure you catch Reporters Roundtable tomorrow. David Cruz kicks off the show looking at the budget backlash, talking to Michelle Sikirka, President and CEO of the New Jersey Business and Industry Association, to get the business community's reaction to Governor Murphy's proposed corporate transit fee. Then a panel of local reporters break down this week's political headlines. Watch Roundtable tomorrow at noon on the NJ Spotlight News YouTube channel. I'm Brianna Venosi. For the entire NJ Spotlight News team, thanks for being with us. Have a great evening. We'll see you right back here tomorrow.
0: New Jersey Education Association, making public schools great for every child. And RWJ Barnabas Health. Let's be healthy together.